Hello, and welcome to Eyewitness Beauty, the podcast where we talk about the biggest stories in the beauty industry each week. I'm Nick Axelrod-Welk. And I'm Annie Kriegbaum. And this is a very special episode because for the first time in the history of this podcast, Annie and I are in the same room sitting across the table from each other, and it's wonderful. So if our timing is better, if we feel more in sync, that's why. Yeah. Um, And this is also a very special episode because we are doing another Q&A episode. You guys sent in so many awesome questions, and we're going to do like a lightning speed answering of every single question. We're doing a lightning speed everything, um, including top stories. So why don't we do it? Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Five Ants. Mm -hmm. Concentration on command. Vivance. We took Annie's Vivance. <laughs> this episode is also sponsored by Uggs Ultra Minis. Which, spoiler alert, is our product of the week. Um, yes, that is our product of the week. We have a lot of product recs at the end of the episode because you guys asked for them when I requested that you send in Q&A questions via Instagram stories. But nobody seems to care about our footwear, but that is actually... The most important product I think that we've found all year. Yeah. Uggs Ultra Minis, they are... They're they, like shorter than the the short Ugg, but they're not quite a moccasin. They're Ultra Mini. And this is a hack for guys listening. They go up to size 12 in women's, which is a size 43 or, or a 10 US men's. So if you have like a size 10 or a size 9... You're going to be in luck. I also found out that they have launched Ready to Wear, which if you want to have a chuckle, I would recommend checking out. Okay, let's get into our top stories. So the internet's freaking out. The biggest news, I think, to hit the beauty industry in a very long time, and we're not being facetious here, Target and Ulta announced a more than a collaboration. What should we call this? A partnership. A partnership. Ulta will basically do a shop and shop. Is that what yeah. it's called? Yeah. In 100 Target stores. And they'll have an online presence, I guess, on Target's website beginning mid next year. I think what's interesting about this is, and I can't remember. So I am plagiarizing someone at some point, but this was a very good point that someone at some point made, which was that essentially Ulta is, you know, looking at the future where there will be a vaccine at some point, but life is not going back to normal anytime soon. As of right this minute, we know that lockdowns are happening again across the country and where better to be accessible despite, you know, lockdown restrictions than in an essential business like a Target, which is open no matter what, because it is a grocery store and sells essential supplies. So now Ulta has a stronghold in an essential business versus normal Ulta stores, which would probably have to close if a lockdown got to a, you know, intense place. Sneaky, sneaky. Also, I have a question. Brands can be kind of like picky about what retailers they're in, especially beauty brands, fashion brands. I wonder how that's going to work. Because I think if you were to ask a year ago, would, I don't know, Hourglass Cosmetics, who is carried at Ulta now, be in a Target, they would probably say, "Uh, uh, uh-uh-uh. Right. And now, look who's laughing. One thing I 
not totally clear on is there seems, I feel like there's some overlap in what an Ulta has and what a Target has. And also Target sort of launching and nurturing its own beauty brands seems slightly competitive with Ulta's, you know, strategy of doing the same. So it'll be interesting to see like what the selection is and what the the way they merchandise the Ulta selection at Target. It's also similar, and we can't forget when Sephora and JCPenney collaborated and had Sephora. <laughs> we can't. <laughs> we, well, we can forget, but maybe that's sort of like a bellwether for for this Ulta Target collaboration because Sephora was inside JCPenney. It was called Sephora inside JCP, and Sephora was actually recently trying to pull out of all of its JCPenney, 500, I think, JCPenney stores. JCPenney went to court to try to stop and block Sephora from pulling out of the the stores and um, filed a temporary restraining order in May of this year. So I think it's complicated when two retailers try to do business together and have two different customers and two different goals. And I mean, I think Target is in a much better fiscal place than a jc penny you know it's a it's it's almost also a better like better environment to buy beauty in a target yeah well the pullout method never works that's true i don't know if everyone listening follows us on instagram we do have an instagram we don't do a great job with it but maybe you'll get a laugh every now and then um one of our most popular posts last week was our screen grab of the peloton stock market price like really like plummeting after Pfizer announced its COVID vaccine which makes perfect sense well now yeah exactly now you're you're basically saying okay there's a new day on the horizon people can go back to the gym fuck that Peloton shit fuck the four thousand dollar treadmill and the twenty five hundred dollar bike when I can go back to doing it in a gym of course New York City I think just mandated a 10 p.m. curfew recently. They did? Yeah. Ugh. And things are getting pretty bleak pandemic-wise across the country. So I'm imagining that the Peloton stock will rebound because the vaccine is still a ways away. Zoom stocks also took a tumble. Really? Yeah. It's kind of funny. Yeah, I guess it's kind of a weird limbo that we're in right now with the vaccine being announced and also everybody was partying after the elections. I think in general, people are very ready to take whatever good news that they can and move past COVID. But we really need to be paying attention to these numbers because what the fuck, you guys? Like, they're so bad. So bad. I mean, I was heartened by the article in the New York Times about how Joe Biden's assembling basically like the dream team of scientists and public policy and public health officials and doctors and and everything for the coronavirus task force and not not a son or cousin or nephew or son-in-law among them so that is good news for us i have to say like i feel really honestly not like i'm being a great person by coming to la i think it was a risky move you took a covid test i took a rapid test tested negative and then came but with numbers as bad as they are clearly people aren't being careful in general I would say, had I had this information, I probably wouldn't have done that. I would say just don't go back. Just stay here? Yeah. I mean, you have to get out of the guest room because we're turning it into a nursery the day after Thanksgiving. You are? I had no idea. Um, Yeah. Did I tell you we're having a baby? (laughs) (laughs) Um, We went baby shopping. (laughs) We went baby clothes shopping. I've really stocked up on six-month and above 
but she's basically going to be wearing nothing for the first six months. Yeah, but I've heard that's fine. Just like a diaper and like whatever, like a colorful scarf. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, don't put a scarf on your baby. That sounds like. <laughs> or like, I don't know, like what would Carrie Bradshaw do? Like a uh, a diaper and like a, a mink stole, but not mink. Nick went from not gendering his baby to Carrie Bradshaw. <laughs> yeah, no, well, no, we're not. Here's what's going to happen. I've decided exactly how we're going to do it. We're not going to, we're going to dress her in both, you know, quote unquote girls and quote unquote boys clothes, not to confuse her, just, but just because sometimes like the boys clothes are cuter and not the girly girly stuff is not really my style. And then the minute she is conscious enough and aware enough to decide how she wants to dress and identify, then we will embrace that and shop accordingly. Okay. That's my plan. Got it. You know what? I don't know that the Vivance, I think it's giving us, it's keeping us awake, but it's not keeping us on track. On track. <laughs> um, we just want to note that Peloton isn't the only one that's suffering right now. Last month, Yoga Chain Yoga Works filed for Chapter 11. I didn't know this, but SoulCycle competitor Flywheel filed for bankruptcy in September and announced that it was closing all of its studios. 24-Hour Fitness, Gold's Gym, they're both declaring bankruptcy. I guess we'll see how this shakes out. And thank you, WWD, for giving us all this wonderful info week, week after week. <laughs> and then we would be remiss if we did not mention, at least just mention, that indie brand Supreme made headlines this week for selling to VF Corporation for $2.1 billion. And VF Corporation is a conglomerate. They own Vans, The North Face, Timberland, and Dickies, and now Supreme. And so that is a big mother effing payday for Mr. James Jebbia, Supreme's founder. Very and mysterious. He doesn't do press. No. He doesn't have Instagram. No. He's not much of a hype beast himself, it sounds like. Well, I mean, now he's going to like, I don't know. Be even richer? I think he was already quite rich. True. Well, you know what? Good for Supreme. Good for VF. And... I feel like let's get into the Q&A episode. There's a couple like other things, but you know what? Read Women's Wear Daily. You guys know you have Instagram. Like why? <laughs> why do Honestly, we do like here's the thing. <laughs> we wanted to make this podcast theme beauty news, but our most popular episode was our last Q&A episode. Yeah. So it sounds like you guys just like love us. Well, if you don't, you, you're vocal about it. On I, Yeah. I will say that some of the reviews that we've been getting would um, indicate otherwise We've gotten reviews that, well, first of all, I think the best thing about the reviews we've gotten are the positive ones and how specific and detailed they are and make us feel really great inside. I think on the other hand, we are getting some comments that basically are, are trying to pit us against each other mm -hmm. in like basically saying, for one, Annie's great, but like that Nick guy is, he like mm -hmm. asks all the questions, he's annoying as shit and like asks dumb things my mom does think that you should let me ask more questions in the you interview. should you know what speak up ask questions no my this whole this whole concept i was like nick needs to be the howard stern and i will be his robin you know i'm fine with taking a back seat i think that you're so talented i think you're so talented you're like such a conversationalist and i'm more of a you know but you know what my the, my conversation comes from 
deep-seated anxiety, like an anxiety for dead pauses. So I'm just trying to keep the conversation going. And I live in a dead pause. Oh my God, it would it, a dead pause eats me alive. And then there were other uh, reviews which said things like, Nick should get a new co-host. And we have a theory that they were written by the same person who's just trying to drive a wedge between us, but it's not going to work. No, in fact, that's why I came to LA yeah. to get closer to Nick, <laughs> just to prove a fucking point. And we thrive on negative feedback so we are we're raring to go so here's our q a episode you guys a really showed up and asked a ton of questions b you asked really great questions yeah we categorized them into different sections let's jump in we'll start with the easy ones so if you didn't see my Instagram story, I basically posted a video of Nick asking you guys to ask questions. Somebody asked, is that your boyfriend? No, that is my co-host of the podcast, Nick Axelrod. The gay man with the two miniature poodles is not my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of miniature poodles, someone asked, what kind of dog is the golden one, please? The golden one is actually red and her name is Radish and the black one's name is Neil. Somebody asked, Annie, how long have you been in L.A.? Would you move there in the future? Funny story. I tried to move here last year. The house that I was trying to get, it fell through. So I decided to stay in New York. And I do love L.A. I like it for trips. I don't know if it's in the foreseeable future for me to move here. And I think L.A. is okay with that. Yeah, I think we're, we'll, we'll live. When COVID is over, can my husband and I take Annie out to dinner? She's our girl crush. This sounds like they want more than dinner. Or at least I know what's on the menu. Ew. And it's a little, it's a, a rump steak. If we can go, if I can pick the restaurant, I mean. And make it like a public, a, a very sort of, you know, public encounter. Who makes Nick's gorge sweater he's wearing in the video? This sweater is, full disclosure, a sweater that I picked off of Justin Bieber, like a Justin Bieber paparazzi picture. It is by this Italian designer named Lanius, L-A-N-E-U-S, and I'm obsessed with it. It's actually from last season. It's not on their website, but I DM'd, <laughs> I DM'd them and I asked if they had any more and they did. So here I am wearing it. I gave him some negative feedback and he took it in stride. The sweater originally had tassels all over it. Yeah, like the um, the black stripes in the sweater like ended in like these tassels, and Annie was like, "You look like the main character in Schitt's Creek," and so I immediately took off the black tassels, and now it looks just it looks like a great, cool fisherman sweater. I love it. Also, Annie, not a cue, but I bought the Amazon panties that you mentioned on the podcast, and I love them. Guys, you need to tell advertisers that yeah. we can move product. I checked Amazon because somebody asked me for a link on the panties after I mentioned them. And so I went to Amazon to grab it and we sold out Amazon brand panties. We sold them out in every size and every color. That's amazing. Insane. If there was a person you want to switch bodies with for a day, who would it be? Hmm. I mean, I guess like, I don't know, a male model like Tyson Beckford or David Gandy or... And he's like with every one of these words acting like I'm punching her in the I gut. I feel like it's, that's a missed opportunity. Okay, fine. Like Gloria Steinem. Really? No. David Gandy or Tyson Beckford. Well, pick someone that's like in a cool location. I don't really want to be in somebody else's body. That's a lot to get used to. You don't know what kind of pain they're dealing with. Oh, that's true. That's um, true. You don't know if they like worked out the day before, like whatever. So I would just, I would take this opportunity to like 
physically be somewhere that like I know that this other person would be and I would just like enjoy the day there. I would like take a vacation. So who would it be? Uh, la, 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 la. I don't know. Would you get Cassie David on the podcast? Sure. So now we will go into our second category, category of questions, arts and culture. What is your favorite book? Mm, okay, I have three. Play It As It Lays by Joan Didion. It is a tearjerker. It's like pretty dark. Another one is My Sister the Serial Killer. It's really good. It's a quick read. It's a fun book. And then anything by Eve Babbitts. She's a legend. She is basically like the party girl Joan Didion. So I am not a big reader, but when I did read, I really was into Song of Solomon by Toni Morrison, Middlesex by Jeffrey Eugenides, and I feel like A Beautiful Mind, like the biography that inspired the movie, is one of the best books I've ever read. Interesting. Yeah. This one's very specific. Have you watched Killing Eve? Very good show. Watch the trailer. I watched the first season. I watched half of the second season and a half an episode of the third season. It lost it for me. But I mean, I love Jodie Comer, who plays the assassin Villanelle. She's beautiful and really good. Yeah, I think I watched a few episodes and I agree with that last thing you just said. Nick, I feel like these are right up your alley. Will you be watching Real Housewives of Salt Lake City? My husband is from Salt Lake City. So this franchise marries literally my favorite thing in the world, which is my husband. That's true. They're so in love. My other favorite thing in the world, which is The Real Housewives. So I am so in. It actually debuted last night at 10 p.m. We don't. We go to bed at 9, so we missed it. Um, That's true. I was actually at dinner with a friend, and Nick was calling me, telling, giving me directions on how to get into the apartment. Yeah. Um, so we'll be watching it tonight, and hopefully I'll have some arts and culture commentary for next week's podcast. Thoughts on Erica Jane, who is a housewife of Beverly Hills, and Tom, her older husband. Tom Girardi. They announced that they were separating. Mm -hmm. I think it's funny they did it during the election purgatory because it's like a great way to bury the news, kind of. They were married for quite a long time, like 20-something years. I know. Some people are speculating that he's in some legal trouble himself. And it's like a way for him to protect his assets. I also read, and this is 100% from Dumois, my favorite Instagram account of quarantine, that Erica Jane somehow met Scooter Braun allegedly at a sex party, allegedly. And they like developed a relationship and that's why they're getting divorced too. No, that's ridiculous. And you know what? Scooter Braun... I had only known him previously for being like Justin Bieber's manager, right? Yeah. So, I, you know, I kind of just wrote him off as hype beast, like, I don't know, want to be famous fuckboy types. But um, uh, he's actually like a really um, smart and has a lot of really interesting things to say about like business and the way he does investments. And I respect him. He also manages Ariana Grande. Mm-hmm. Small Little known Small fact. performer. Yeah. <laughs> this up-and-coming performer, Ariana Grande. No, I just meant like in stature. Oh, that's true too. Career. This is our third category. What was your first memory of makeup growing up as a kid? That's tough. It would probably be like my mom putting like her blush on me before like a dance recital. Were you in pageants? 
<laughs> oh. No. Uh, yeah. And then my mom and I, the house where I was a child, there were two full bathrooms. My brother and my dad shared one bathroom and then me and my mom shared the other. And I would just like hang out in there while she got ready. So I remember like sitting on the counter in the bathroom and watching her like do her makeup. I like that. She's like Chanel, longtime Chanel and Erna Laszlo user. My first makeup memory is not makeup, but kind of beauty memory is I must have been four or five and it was Halloween and I took an entire jar of Vaseline and put it in my hair. <laughs> and what was the intent? I think it was like to dress up or like to be creative. I don't know. I don't know, actually. I mean, I think it was somehow related to Halloween, like that timing made sense in my head. <laughs> but my mom had to call like the phone number on the back. You know, like they say like questions and comments, like call this 1-800 number. My mom had a question was like, how the hell do you get Vaseline, like an entire jar of Vaseline out of someone's hair? And what was funny is the woman who answered the phone said, actually, this is a very common question that we get around Halloween. And I think we had to use like Prell or one of those like really intense shampoos like 25 times to get all of it out. Can you both talk about a time you royally messed up at work? My first job in fashion, I was a fashion assistant at Women's Wear Daily, which at the time still published a daily newspaper. My first job there was to organize and run the fashion closet. So that's the closet where when any of the editors who worked at Women's Wear Daily would do a fashion shoot, they would call designers, PR, and ask them to send in samples. And then we would check them all into the fashion closet like log them in Excel and take Polaroids of them. And then once the editors were done with the shoot, we would return them back to the PR. So like there's a lot of dresses and shoes and necklaces and shorts and jackets and everything coming in and out of this closet every single day. And I was not the best closet assistant in that I kind of, my strategy was I would find one really, 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 really bright intern and have that intern manage the other interns, sort of Lord of the Flies style. I was very nice. You were scaling your department. But I was scaling my department. I was like, I wanted to focus on writing and I didn't really want to focus on the fashion, you know, like trafficking, sample trafficking. So I would just hire, I hired this amazingly brilliant woman named Christina Roperti, who still works in fashion and she is still a genius. And uh, she would kind of like organize and run the whole thing. One time though, I did lose a dress from some random designer and it wasn't even, maybe it was a $150 dress retail, but I had to go to my boss and I had to be like, I, I lost this. And she was like, do you know how? And I was like, no. And she was like, why do you think you lost it? And I was like, I'm like not paying enough attention. Like, I really don't, I don't know. And she was like, that's not a great answer. Really? I think that's a totally honest and acceptable answer. Yeah, but like, that's not, that means that I like wasn't being good at my job. You can't be good at your job all the and time. And so I was like, fuck, well, I'm really sorry. It won't happen again. I've been doing this for two years though. And this is the first time this has happened. You know, I'm sorry. And she was like, you know what? Don't worry. Today's paper is tomorrow's litter box, like crumbles. And I was like, that's a really nice way of putting it. Funny enough, one of my colleagues at Women's Wear Daily, who used to be the fashion closet assistant, was like, I can make you feel better. We were doing a fine fur photo shoot. 
And for some reason, it was like between Christmas and New Year's or something where we were doing the shoot. And so I had all the furs delivered to my apartment. And as I was moving the furs from my apartment to the photo studio, I didn't have anything to put them all in. So I put them in garbage bags right outside of my door as I was like getting the taxi to like go to the studio. When she went back up to her apartment, the garbage bags were gone. And it was probably like, I don't know, a few hundred thousand dollars worth of minks and sables and and also like the next season, you know, designs. And she went through all of the trash bins, all, you know, like basically had to dumpster dive for the next like two hours (laughs) trying to find these furs and she never found them. Are you serious? I mean, fashion publications have insurance for these kind of situations. So You were responsible for that? No, no, no. no. I'm saying the person who had my job before me. Oh. And so she was like, I'm making you feel better by telling you like what happened. Yeah. She was like, it was the worst day of my entire life. That is insane. Yeah. Wow. What about you? When was the time you royally messed up at work? I mean, constantly, but... um... I would say this isn't a time where I messed up, but it, I think this is kind of funny. I guess it would be a mess up to some people, but I actually think it's genius. I was interviewing to be Alexander Wang's personal assistant, and I'd gotten through like the three interview stages before you actually meet with him and do the interview. So I was like meeting with him, doing the interview. I was so nervous and had no idea. I don't. I didn't have friends that like were really in the fashion world. I didn't know like the rules or any of this stuff. And he asked what I would get all of his like VIPs. For Christmas, to send out Christmas gifts. Like, you know, his, um, who who do you think, like all the supermodels that he's friends with, all the editors, like Anna Wintour, who would I like, what gifts would I send all of them? And I worked not in the sample closet, but I was aware of the fact that a lot of samples are made, right, of clothes and bags and shoes, but only like a percentage of those things actually get made, right? And so there were so many handbags, and this was back when like, Rocco bags, Diego bags, like Alexander Wing handbags, every girl had to have. They were like the thing, right? And so I said, you should just take the handbag samples that you don't put in production and be like, I made this custom bag for you. It's not a bad idea. Isn't that genius? And what did he say? I think they just went to the next question. (laughs) I didn't get the job and uh, the rest is history. If you worked for the CIA, what would be your strongest asset? Have you seen Red Sparrow? (laughs) You would be the honeypot? I think so. Okay. Mine would be, I feel like I can get anyone to like open up, to like feel comfortable. That's what I'm saying. I think we're both like that. I yeah. feel like they would let their guards down because they'd be like, who are these idiots? Yeah. Like I think that that would be a genius idea. Just be like, who the, like these cannot be fucking spies. Don't spies have to have like gone to like the Naval Academy? Like these fuckers did not. That's what we would do. We would be like, leave me on our podcast and like just be really like yes. chatty and act like we're not recording. Yeah. Okay. Done. Give us a call, Joe Biden. Annie, what is the secret project that you're working on and how soon is it coming out? Secret secrets. Okay, are no fun. What is the most attractive quality that you notice in a person? I just really like kind people. You can tell. Yeah, I feel like good and like good person energy is like you're golden. If you just have like good person energy, like you can tell. Toxic energy, there's no place for it no matter how attractive you are. Yeah, I'm not really... Or powerful uh, or whatever. Yeah, if some some people are like, I love confidence. I'm like, I hate confidence. Like, be humble. Yeah. So a reader asks, I'm recently single at 32. Advice for dating in your 30s. Well, reader, I met my husband when I was 30. 
So I don't know about dating in my 30s. You guys have been together since you've been 30 years old? Yeah. As he sips his wine and <laughs> looks away from me. <laughs> we took a little like break a couple times. We were both on the apps, as one does. I'm trying to think of – I don't really have any advice though because it was like always about Casey. Yeah, I'm one year in, so I don't know if I'm much help. But I can say there does seem to be some weird pressure to be in a committed relationship. I say have fun because I'm so thankful that I didn't like settle down in my 20s. I think I'd be miserable. Okay, here's my advice. Dating is like a game, and you really can't take it too seriously. And here's my philosophy on a date. Either you have a good date or a good story about how bad your date was. So either way, you're having a good time or a good story to tell someone else who will have a good time hearing your crazy story. So I say put yourself out there. And don't be ashamed that you're single or that you're on apps or like any of the ways in which we like shame ourselves and go for it. I think expecting, especially during a pandemic, like things to, you know, people to come to you or like that you're going to sort of it'll happen without you having to put in effort is unrealistic. Everyone is on apps and everyone now is back in their homes. So I think you have to sort of put in the extra effort in order to like get what you want. If what you want is another relationship, then that's one thing. But if what you want is, you know, maybe you were in a relationship for a long time and now you're finally out of one, I would say go freak around. I would say maybe like start a business, get a really intense hobby, take your mind off the fact that you're not dating. I agree. Any beauty regrets? Okay. I will admit to the one procedure I've had. I got cool sculpting when I was like 25. That's where it's a laser? No, it's they put these like metal refrigerated plates. They kind of look like a defibrillator, but I think there's some sort of vacuum seal and they like seal them onto your skin. I'm pretty sure it sucks your skin in with a vacuum and it freezes your tissue essentially. And the science behind it is that apparently it freezes away your fat cells they die and but your like body the rest of them your, through your urine. Got it. But the rest of your cells don't die. No. Where on your body did you get this? On my upper outer thighs, which now I understand is a great thing to have. Um, but I have just always been self-conscious. I always thought like you have to have really like svelte thighs. And yeah, this one area just bothered me. I think like I was just working my ass off but not but not off um and so yeah i was just kind of like heavy for me and was like i have money i guess i'll do it biggest waste of money so many red flags at the doctor just like not good bedside manner i felt like the nurse that was doing the procedure didn't really know what they were doing and in fact they screwed up and they didn't do anything to make up for it how did they it didn't uh, on one of my legs it didn't suction properly and so I had to leave, wait a couple of weeks and come back and get it done again. And, you know, I was so young and I'm already so like intimidated by people with any like ounce of authority, even if it's like fake authority, like I'm paying you <laughs> through the doctor, you know, you work for me. And yeah, it was a total just waste of money. I don't recommend it. I like lost feeling in my outer legs for a long time. Was there any good result? No, I mean, I've lost a lot of weight since then, just like from being 
healthy and not being healthy, let's be honest. And I am totally like happy with how I look. And I think I don't know if I have any advice there because I don't judge people that do get procedures. So if you want it, just get go it. to a reputable place. This was a rep- that was the most irritating thing. I think it's not it's almost yes, it is about doing your research. And in fact, like, look, I was <laughs> working at a very prestigious beauty website at the time and had this person recommended to me. But the red flags were going off, like growing up the entire time. And I should have just listened to my gut that like this person is annoying me and I don't want them putting machines on my body. Fair enough. What is your favorite step in your skincare routine, both morning and night? Hmm. This is like a tough one. Um, I have a very simple uh, skincare routine. I would say my favorite step is washing my face because that feeling, which I know like is bad for your skin or for your acid mantle or whatever, of feeling clean, like that not squeaky, but just like fresh feeling after like the day's grime is off you is like a really good feeling. I, it's like a little angel, like ready for bed. You know what I mean? I truly don't enjoy the chore of taking care of my skin. And oftentimes I don't. I just skip it. My favorite part of my morning routine, though, is taking out my retainers in the morning and letting my teeth just like breathe. breathe. Oh, suggestions for parenting podcasts or other media that this is a question for me that I've come across. This is a great question. I didn't know of any. So I asked two of my best mom friends, Anika and Allie, for their recommendations. And they gave me two really good recommendations. One is a podcast by a woman named Janet Lansbury, and it's called Unruffled. And the subtitle is Respectful Parenting. And apparently it's amazing. It's been written up in the Washington Post and other places. There is also a book that I've actually heard now. This is the second person who's recommended it to me. It's called Bringing Up Bebe, like the French word for baby. And it's about like the French philosophy and style of parenting, which like is more low key and like let the baby cry kind of vibes. Like take the baby to dinner at midnight. Yeah, Yeah. Like the baby needs to adapt to your lifestyle. I don't even know if it's like that because I haven't read it yet, but I've heard it's really good. Two people have recommended it, neither of whom are French. So I think it must be worth reading. Bringing Up Bebe and Unruffled Podcast. This person says, toe hair, period, thoughts and maintenance. That's an interesting way to put it. Yeah, this is a funny question. I was really self-conscious of my toe hair when I first got it, like when I was like a a young teenager and I would shave it, which is an easy solution. And now I don't care because I realize that everyone has toe hair. That's a guy. And some women and some... I mean, take a look. I don't see any. But yes, I I think you just shave it. If it bothers you, take it off. If it doesn't, leave it. It doesn't bother anyone else. I can tell you that. Here's my new thing is I'm trying to wrap my head around how I trim or maintain my armpit hair. I kind of want shorter armpit hair. Um, Get a dog clipper. Which is a human clipper, too. They're the same thing. <laughs> but it has to be one that's been used on dogs. <laughs> well, I bought a human one to use on dogs because, you know, the dog's ones are very expensive. Really? Yes. You can buy a human hair clipper at Target for like 20 bucks. And you just like set it on the highest setting and then just go over your armpit hair? I haven't done that to myself, but, that's but what, I'm assuming. That's what I can do. Yeah. Okay. That's a good idea. Can you do a podcast on shrooms? Now, this question is confusing a little bit because... Can we do a podcast while we're on shrooms? I mean, theoretically, yes. Well, we don't know that, actually. Oh, no. Actually, that's a really good point. We don't know. 
We might not be able to. I don't. Well, the one time I like had a little, little tiny piece of a shroom chocolate, I was sitting in my friend's studio. She had this really beautiful, like double height studio with like a big window. And we were like all chilling. It was freezing. It was like maybe March in New York City. So it was freezing. And we kind of like couldn't really walk around. So we were just like kind of sitting in her studio. And as the mushrooms got more intense, I got more paranoid. I'm like getting dry mouth thinking about it. And all of a sudden, I like remember looking around the apartment and being like, this is rock bottom. Like this is I'm in a hovel. Because like there were some like food that we had eaten like on the table still and like whatever, like some clothes in the hamper. And I was like, we're like sitting around like a like a This is a flop house. This is a basically I'm in a flop house. Like, what have I done with my life to get here? So I hated it and I'm never I would never do shrooms again. Okay, so we'll never know if we could actually do a podcast while we are on shrooms because Nick is saying he will never do them again. But we actually did try to do a podcast on shrooms, reached out to Michael Pollan, who literally wrote the book on shrooms, and uh, he declined. So we might still – oh, that's a great point. I get it now. Oh, like both a podcast while consuming shrooms and a podcast whose topic is shrooms. Got it, got it, got it. Um, So if you know any other mushroom experts – let us know because Michael Pollan is not available. Okay. This group of questions are all about the Met Gala. They're from one person. <laughs> we don't know why she's obsessed with us going to the Met Gala, but we'll we'll try to answer some of her questions. Um, she wants to know what table we would want to sit at. Zoe Kravitz and Adele or the Olsen twins? This one is so easy. Yeah, Zoe Kravitz and Adele. Yes, no doubt. If we went, which Olsen twin <laughs> would we want to smoke a cigarette with? Mary-Kate. Yeah, I guess so. If you went to the Met Gala, what designer would you want to dress you and what celebrity would you want to meet? I would want to be dressed by Tom Brown, like in some sort of like kilt. That's so funny because I was going to say Vivian Westwood. (laughs) And um, celebrity I'd want to meet is George Clooney. I don't want to meet a celebrity. Or like Oprah? I don't know. No, I'd be too nervous. Then she also asked an open-ended, what table would you want? So this is like beyond the Zoe. Yeah, beyond those two options. I would say Beyonce, Jay-Z, Adele is a fun one, Derek Blasberg. I would just want whatever table would have the person that would like take me under their wing and like not leave me the whole night. Yeah. And I feel like you want someone who's going to like keep the conversation going, who knows how to like mingle with celebs, hence Derek. You want like some megawatt, megawattage, hence Beyonce and Jay-Z. And you want some British people because their humor is so good. So I'd say like Well, we're, Adele, being, we're addressed by British people. True. So then it would, well, Tom Brown's American. Right. Um, and then what about adding a Harry Styles to the mix? Yeah, I like that. You know, like you just feel like we'd be laughing. Okay, now we're in the meat of the episode. This is why people listen to the show. We have two more categories of questions left and they're long and we're going to try lightning round. Our producer's sake to get through them quickly. These are our beauty industry questions. Do you think it's possible to make a completely carbon neutral makeup brand? No, that's... You can't, there's not a carbon neutral anything. If you exist, you're creating carbon. And I don't know what, in what scenario you're truly carbon neutral, which means that you're, for as much carbon as you're bringing out of the earth, you're also putting into the earth. And I don't know that that perfect closed loop exists. There you go. Next question related, kind of, are there any actual quote, insert clean buzzword quote brands that won't break the bank? 
I think probably not. I think the idea of like clean, healthy brands has been. I mean, I, I, I want to say Naturium, even though I know it got a lot of shit for all the Susan Yara stuff. Like the prices are really good and the products are good and they're pretty clean. There's no fragrance. Like they they have a lot of like the right buzzwords and checklist. How do you guys feel about dupes and dupe culture? I love me some dupes and dupe culture. There is actually like a fragrance brand that I won't name because I don't want to alienate potential advertisers that essentially like targets people who like fine fragrances with, you know, they're like basically it's like designer imposter fragrances for like the Warby Parker set. And um, my husband bought a few of them and they're really quite good. You heard it here first. Well, I will answer this question by answering the following question. What is one thing you're hoping will change in the makeup industry? And I just want people to stop ripping other people off. It's such a cash grab right now. It's like if the product exists, I really believe you shouldn't just be ripping other people off and creating the same product under another brand name. I think it is contributing to all the things that we talked about earlier around like brands that are creating a ton of issue for the earth and also this like mindless consumerism. There's no way that any of us are ever going to use this eyeshadow. Like we, we've made enough eyeshadow until the earth is probably over, right? Yeah. I mean, I think the the other thing that this question makes me think of is like change in leadership at a lot of these makeup companies and having more people of color, particularly black people in the product development rooms, in the boardrooms is going to make the brands authentically inclusive versus like having the same people just make more shades. Uh, here's a question. I'm seeing Byredo for sale on Walmart's website and some of it is discounted. Is this a real thing? So the answer is actually, we brought this to the attention of Byredo's PR and asked them and they were like, oh no, we'll flag to corporate. What I imagine is the case is this is, a, is this is a great example of gray market products. So you know how a lot of brands will say like, do not buy our products unless they're at like a licensed retail store. So like when you see Bumble and Bumble at CVS or Dwayne Reed, like that's diverted product that was not intended to be sold at CVS. It somehow was like bought by a distributor who then like sold it to a drugstore. Um, and I imagine that that's what's happened at Walmart. Someone's bought excess inventory from someone else and that person sold it to Walmart because Walmart is not a retailer of Byredos. And you read the website copy earlier and it was pretty funny. It was not written by Byredo. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> it was like spritz some on for like a night on the town. <laughs> okay. Ball de freak. Uh, do you think Anna Wintour would be replaced or retire soon? I don't, th- I think it's up to her. So I don't think that she would be pushed out. She certainly has like weathered an- enough like PR storms in even the last like six months to make it clear that obviously she's going to go only of her own accord. I think she'll probably retire soon. But like, when is the operative word? And I don't know the answer. How long was Diana Vreeland like doing her mm, thing? I don't know. Might be something to look up if you're. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Diana Vreeland was the editor of Vogue from 1963 through 1971. Anna's been the editor-in-chief of Vogue since sometime in the 90s, or maybe the 80s. Look, we're not Anna Wintour experts. We don't know her. This is not an Anna Wintour <laughs> podcast, uh, clearly. nineteen. It seems like 1987 is when Anna Wintour became the editor of U.S. Vogue, which is an in- incredibly long time to be an editor-in-chief. But again, I don't know. 
Do you think eyelash extensions will stay popular in 2021? Yes, I think that they've hit like saturation point. Like they're just a thing that people do. It's kind of like acrylic nails, right? It's like a maintenance thing. What beauty blogs are, quote, doing it right and deserve some attention right now? You know, I have seen a shift. I don't know if anybody else has noticed this, but blogs were a thing, right? Like the Blonde Salad, Sea of Shoes, the Glamorati. Fashion Toast. Fashion Toast. Brian Boy. Brian Boy. Dare I say Into the Gloss? Yeah. We're all like very much a thing. Long form writing was very much a thing. And then social media kind of came along and everything shifted to Instagram. The bloggers that... I think we're ready to evolve, started brands, right? And yeah. we're able to like monetize their business in a different way because typing we into our like URL. Blog to influencer. Yeah, exactly. So typing in a URL into your like desktop computer is not an action that we take anymore. We just scroll Instagram, right? So I think long form, good long form writing though is not dead. And I think The Cut is always a great, it's not a blog per se, but I think they do a great job covering beauty outside of the Instagram social media space. And I think um, what, The Strategist, same thing. Same publication. I think <laughs> Jean Godfrey June at Goop, she was the beauty director of Lucky Magazine for a long time. And she's a really good writer and has a really great voice. She like still writes things on Goop. And I trust her opinion. And Birdie beauty. I mean, they've managed to stay like super relevant in that format and they are incredible at SEO. I will throw Allure into that category as well, which is a beauty blog that is doing it right. And they don't phone it in on their articles. They actually do the research. They have experts quoted. Those are my thoughts on this question. What fashion brands would you like to see collab with beauty brands? I have an idea. Go. I did. I had to like think about this all day. I think Pat McGrath should do products. Well, is Fashion Week dead, though? I guess that's the problem. I think so. Like, everywhere? Yeah. Fuck. Okay, well, pretend that Fashion Week was still a thing, and we were all very excited for it <laughs> season after season, and COVID didn't exist. I feel like Pat McGrath always did the most insane beauty looks, like Dior. Um, like everything, basically. Everything. And I feel like she should do like the one pro special limited edition product like from that season, from that show. You know what I mean? Instead like, of these like, like – Oh, like Pat McGrath comes out with the product that she yeah. used in that show. Okay, that's interesting. I was going to say Supreme X Glossier and just like blow Nick. it up. Blow up Soho. The mischievous <laughs> smile. <laughs> I don't think that that's a good idea. Fine. Think about the lines. I know, but like think about the synergy. Our final category, congratulations, you've made it through our second Q&A episode. What beauty product, oh, this is product recommendation questions. Mm -hmm. What beauty products make you feel the most confident when you wear it? I would say fragrance for me. So like if I am like not feeling great, like I'll just like douse myself in something that smells really good. And I'll feel like at least when I hug someone, when we used to hug people, when we met them, they, I would smell good. Yeah, no, there's nothing that's going to replace deodorant and toothpaste. What are your thoughts on microcurrent devices? Worth it or no? Verdict on New Face? These were two questions, which are the same question. I did buy a New Face because I saw my friend Anna, who is like from Ukraine and gorgeous, and she has perfect skin. And she said that she uses New Face. So I bought New Face. And it does, you feel it. 
this metal device that oh we talked about new face yeah i was worried that it looked like a vibrator and i think it must work we asked nick's fiance husband excuse me if they work and he said i can't tell you that but i can say they don't hurt best lube i would say if you want water-based and i'm partial here to necessaire if you want silicone-based uber lube is amazing best facials in nyc and specific treatments you have received that work so i emphatically have been saying this when anyone asks me the best facial I've ever received, and when I was doing Into the Gloss, I got a lot of facials, was from Sophia at Ida Bacage. And Ida Bacage is a studio on like the Upper East Side, and they sell Biologique when Biologique was still pretty hard to get. Um, and they use all the Biologique products. And the reason why it was so amazing is that usually when you leave a facial, you have to like go home because you are red and blotchy and splotchy and you've had extractions or like you just maybe like look like you were just sleeping or something. You know, you don't look cute. And after this facial, I was like glowing. And I love like leaving a facial where you actually feel like your skin looks better. And the glow lasted for like a week. So that was my best facial. I feel similarly about Shibuya Spa, which is in the Greenwich Hotel. And I will say, first time I went, it was a gift. They have this like underground, like kind of spa pool. It's really dark. You feel like you're not even in New York anymore. Um, you're in this like weird cocoon. And the facialist was incredible. And while the mask is sitting on your skin, they massage the rest of your body. And I was like, I thought I had to choose That's between amazing. these treatments. The second time I went, there was this like snotty French family that was letting their kids splash around in the pool at 8 a.m. And I don't understand how that was a thing that they let people do. Dedicated fan of the pod here. What is a product that you found that's been a lifesaver? At a certain point, I realized that benzoyl peroxide really does disappear zits overnight. And you can get it. You don't. It doesn't need to be any particular brand. You can get the CVS brand and i would say that would be a lifesaver for me okay is nail actually let me give you another one that all of my friends who are women emphatically recommend this product and it is called the killer by love wellness it is a vaginal suppository and it like they say like use it after your period and use it after sex and it like rebalances your ph and if you have issues with that kind of thing, or even if you don't, maybe give it a shot. I had no idea that this was a thing. Yeah. And you know what? They always say, like, when you're going to experiment, experiment with, you know, vaginal suppositories. Isn't it funny that they said what's a lifesaver and it's called the killer? <laughs> That's ironic. Okay. I think we were, like, getting a little in the weeds here. So okay, we're going to fly. Let's fly. Let's fly. fly. Supplements? Question mark. And I don't really believe in most supplements, but I do take a lot of fish oil. I take three capsules a day. And that was actually because I, I got LASIK and the ophthalmologist said that actually taking three fish oil pills a day prevents or will help uh, prevent dry eyes and like eye issues as well as being really good for your cardiovascular health. And then vitamin D just because like you get tested and you're always deficient. So you like take vitamin D. Everybody's trying to make fish oil happen. I know. Breakfast as of late, I don't eat breakfast. I eat a lot of breakfast because as Be Well by Kelly said, we should eat 20 to 30 grams of protein for breakfast. So my new breakfast thing is two eggs, 
and then smoked salmon, like strips of smoked salmon laying on top. Is nail polish still chic or is it bare nails? Um, either can be chic. Um, either can also be not chic. Mm, I think obvious acrylic nails are not chic. I like a bare nail. I like a long, long, long natural bare nail. Thoughts on Filipino beauty products? I am personally not familiar. I would love for this reader to maybe send a link so we can yeah, learn more about. We'll buy them and try them. Buy them and try them. Annie, what is your hair care routine? I can see this person does not listen to our podcast on a regular basis because I've gotten into depth about this, but I just shampoo in the shower with Rahua Palo Santo, like their original shampoo, and I brush my hair with a wet brush after and let it air dry. And I wear it in a braid most times. This is a great question for the brow that launched Boy Brow. What is the best eyebrow growth serum? Oh, that's the thing. It's like I haven't had to use an eyebrow growth serum. I mean, I've heard that people can use Latisse, Latisse, Latisse. Latisse. Yeah, on yeah. their brows. Didn't we talk? Didn't someone mention? Pia. Yeah. Right? And she she also used Grande Lash, and I think they make an eyebrow and lash growth serum. I don't know. Ask Pia. Advanced Night Repair by Estee Lauder. Worth it or over slash outdated? So I remember when I was a beauty editor in New York and uh, I would hear that like ANR, 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 Advanced Night Repair was like the most amazing product. Like it had all these clinical studies to back it up. Like every single claim had been so thoroughly vetted. And because it was an older formula had been, you know, like there had been so many years of testing. I was encouraged to try it. I tried it. I didn't notice a goddamn difference. But Annie... You said you tried it. Well, here's the thing. No one beauty product is going to work for anyone. That yeah, is true. a myth that the beauty industry is trying to shove down your throat. I do actually really like Advanced Night Repair. I didn't realize how pricey it was. I must have just had the same bottle in my medicine cabinet for years that I stole from the beauty closet um, when I had a job. And I think it's great. It's like hyaluronic acid and lots of fermented extracts. And I feel like if you're a Biologique fan, then you would probably be an Advanced Night Repair fan. What is your take on Jones Road Beauty? I've never purchased Bobby Brown, but always felt like they got a lot of hype slash positive reviews. So neither one of us has tried Jones Road Beauty, but I know who Bobby Brown is, and I think that she knows what she's doing when it comes to makeup. So I would imagine the products are pretty good because she makes good products. I mean, this kind of goes along with what I said earlier. If it already exists, I don't think you need to make it. What are typically your favorite types of skincare products? Mine would be things that tingle and sting and make you brighter. Uh, I like our redness reducing anything. Best thick moisturizer to layer on top of retinol. Here's an idea. Try putting on your moisturizer first. Now, hear me out. It sounds crazy because it goes against everything the package says, but I have a friend that does this and swears by it and I started to do it and I have found that my skin I think tolerates the retinol a bit better. Can you talk more about niacinamide as an ingredient and your favorite products with it? So niacinamide is like the new cool kid in school because it's kind of like a Swiss army knife of an ingredient like it tones and it helps soothe sensitive skin, it reduces redness. Like there's so many claims that are attached to niacinamide. My husband is emphatic 
that the body lotion by Necessary, which has niacinamide in it, has like kept all sort of back knee or like breakouts on his like upper torso completely at bay. So I think it does help if you are prone to breakouts, like in general, niacinamide. I think the body lotion, again, I've, I I promise you guys, I and Andy, you know, I don't plug the brand that I co-founded on this podcast, except for rare, rarely. So the body lotion by Necessary is my body product with niacinamide. I really like a niacinamide serum. I honestly think like basically any niacinamide serum is good. What I would say is don't go for the niacinamide powder. Like niacinamide, which is by the ordinary, I think, niacinamide is in the percentages that it's in in products for a reason. And so like it's more niacinamide is not necessarily better. Like there are studies about like the percentage to affect change in your skin. And like that's what everyone's working off of. I think that niacinamide is my favorite redness reducing ingredient. And my favorite serum with niacinamide is Marie Veronique's Soothing B3 Serum. All-time best product for chapped lips. Coat your lips in Aquaphor and drink a lot of water. You have to attack it from both sides. I would say not using chapstick is probably, honestly, like when I moved to LA, I stopped wearing Burt's Bees chapstick, which I had worn religiously in New York. And I think probably like a few months went by where my lips felt kind of parched and dry and chapped. But honestly, like your skin kind of rebounds and resets. And that's what happened. The last question is give us the Annie and Nick holiday gift guide. We received several questions along these same lines. And we decided that instead of just kind of giving you whatever comes off the top of our head, we're going to make an episode, a special holiday gift guide episode, and we're going to actually do the research. And it's a lot of work. Like we're going to have to do some market research. And what we, what you guys can do to help us is to DM us or email us hi at eyewitnessbeauty.com with any like very difficult people in your life that you have to buy a present for. Like your new stepmother's son or, you know, your cousin's boyfriend who like just got out of jail, like whatever, we're going to help you solve your most difficult cases. And we're also just going to give you the shit that we think is awesome and fun and like also a lot of fail safe things. So like not everything can be specific. Sometimes you just need like a good general ASOP, you know, uh, scrubby hand soap, you know? Absolutely. I'm personally am excited to end this episode (laughs) (laughs) Um, well it's been wonderful doing this in person with you too we've had a lot of FaceTime together this week haven't we this episode as are all of our episodes are produced by Jessamine Molly of Seaplane Armada our theme music is by Danny Prezant and our album art is by Simon Abronowitz Alicia Bansall helped us research for this episode so thank you so much Alicia you can follow us on Instagram at eyewitnessbeauty, or you can email us at hi at eyewitnessbeauty.com. The DMs are open. Um, for the gift guides. For specifically. The gift, specifically, as is the email address. Yes. Maybe put in the subject line, gift guide episode. Yep. And we will hit you next week with a brand new episode. Thank you. We'll talk to you then. Bye, honey buns. Bye.